What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I need a budget. You know, I think I need to like really know what's coming in, what's going out so I can feel comfortable and sleep at night because that's what's happening. I'm starting to wake up at like 2 a.m. with anxiety about this stuff. Hello and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. I am here with my guest today, Eva. Hi, Eva. Hi, Barbara. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm a fan, so it's a privilege to be able to be on your show. Oh, I love that. I, it's always so fun when people tell me they listen. Obviously, I know like people listen because I see the statistics, but I'm always like shocked when people <laughs> tell me they listen. Yes, yes. You have an impact. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, I'm excited to have you on. So I wanted to start because I had to Google what area you're in because you said I'm in the DMV area. And I was like, where is this? Where's this location? So let's just start with where you're from and then we'll go age on all that jazz. Okay. So DMV is actually East Coast. Yes, it is. It's what the locals call um, DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. It's sort of the tri-state area. I think the New York area uses something similar, but everyone sort of, you know, can live in one state and work in the other or vice versa. So we just call it the kind of the DMV. That's good. So as we know, you can be smart and not smart in all things. I was like, Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> what? So yeah, I had to look it up because I was trying to figure out your time zone. That makes sense. Yeah, in the tri-state area, like this is very similar with like New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And yeah, everyone refers to it because right. you can live in New York and work in New York or live in Connecticut and work in New York. A lot of crossover with those three states mm-hmm. usually. So that makes total sense. Okay, so fill us in. So how old are you? Uh, what you do? All that jazz. Sure. So I am 37, soon to be 38. Uh, I'm married. I have one child and I have one on the way. Ooh. Uh, so that's sort of what's front and center of, of my mind right now is just thinking on all the preparation for expanding family and how to prepare for a second child and two in daycare. I think that's sort of a, a normal anxiety that's around for newer parents these days. It's just hard to find a good daycare you know, the access, the affordability of it. Getting into them. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. It's so competitive. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. And then it's like all your paycheck too, you know, like there was a joke with Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, daycare can really be- A mortgage payment. The largest expense that you will pay. I mean, normally it's a mortgage, yep. but now it's it can be daycare and it's just, it's hard to rationalize that sort of regular monthly expense. Well, the good news is temporary. Because kids yes. grow up. So that's a good thing. <laughs> and it's an investment. And it's an investment. Yeah. So those are all good things. But yeah, no, it's a lot. We've had a few people on the show where the daycare was substantial. Mm-hmm. We had one woman, she was, it was three kids. It was really, it was very, quite expensive. Mm-hmm. And then getting in, right? Because they have yeah. to have a spot for you to get in. But I do agree with you. I think that the daycare thing is a generally stressful item. Getting in and picking the right one and then paying for it. And I imagine number two adds a little bit more stress to that. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully I have a, I have a good job. I work for a biopharmaceutical company in the government affairs department. So I have, you know, the health insurance plan and I have some childcare, you know, assistance, like a dependent savings account, but I don't get money towards childcare, but I'm good in that department. Do you get maternity? Yes. Yes. I will have paid maternity leave for, what is it? I think it's like 16 weeks. Oh, great. Okay. That's fantastic. What do you make? And then do you guys keep your finances together or separate or? Yeah, it's still sort of separate. Okay. I feel like inevitably couples have to have their finances together. We're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably the goal is just getting to these comfort levels. You know, I try to be as transparent as possible with my husband and my finances, but he, you know, he kind of does more of his own thing. He's not from the U.S. He's from South America. So I think there's some like cultural differences there too. But basically, you know, he has his accounts. I have mine. We do have one shared checking account where he transfers funds there every month for shared expenses. You know, like we split the mortgage and car payment and stuff. Okay, perfect. So basically you share expenses and have a joint account for that. And then everything else is your own account and your own expenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Perfect. And then what do you make approximately? I make about 170000 a year. Perfect. And then you have health insurance through that, the dependent, you said you have a dependent savings account and you have 401k, I'd imagine. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. So I am responsible for the healthcare for my family. So okay. we have the high deductible plan and I max out the HSA every year. And I also max out my 401k. Perfect. And I get a 6% employer match on that. Perfect. And you do the full IRS limit? Yes. Um, so it was 20500 I believe, this past year. Yeah. And then we have a nice feature with our 401ks where they have a Roth option. So part of my 401k is Roth and part is traditional. And then I learned of this new feature just late last year, which is called a spillover. I've never heard it called spillover. Yeah, it's called a spillover. And it's sort of, you know, after you max out those mm-hmm. options, you can do an after tax option. Um, so you don't get the tax benefits, but you can still get the employer match. And so that's why I do that. <laughs> Whoa. So I've never seen it matched. Mm-hmm. That's interesting for like listeners. So inside of the 401k, there's the pre-tax, which is the traditional IRA option, if you will. And then some employers, most employers also have a Roth option, which is great. And then there's a third type of money, which in your company referred to spillover. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies refer to it as an after tax or most industry referred to as a non-deductible dollar. Mm-hmm. It goes in after tax. So are you just leaving it in the after tax bucket or can you convert that into Roth? 
I think you can convert it. That all feels kind of complicated to me. So I haven't gotten to that phase yet. It is. It is, <laughs> it, it is a little complicated. The high level of it is when it goes in, it's non-deductible or after tax or spillover, however you mm -hmm. specify. It's all the same money. Usually the best case scenario is it's in cash. It's not invested. And then it's converted mm. because the issue is if it's invested and then the value changes. And right now, this is probably not the case, but previously it would have been, it went up in value and then you convert it. Mm. You could owe tax. Right. Right. So ideally it goes into cash so that whatever you put in after tax, you already paid on those dollars, right? If you put in a thousand after tax and it's in cash and then you convert, no issue. But if it goes from a thousand to 1200, you only pay tax on the thousand, not the mm. 200. It's a little bit of a dance. So I see where you left it alone. But the key really is if it goes into cash first and then you can elect to convert it. Okay. And you do need to check with your plan that they allow for in-plan Roth conversions. That's what okay. it's called. Yeah, I think they do, but it sounds like what I need to do is call them and see if they can do sort of that instant conversion yes, after correct. each paycheck. Contribution. Yep, that's it. So some firms auto-convert, depends on who your administrator is, who's holding the money, some auto-convert if you make the election. So it goes in, immediately converts. I've seen it all different ways. Some you have to elect like a money market cash account and then send in a form mm -hmm. or call and then convert. Okay. And so when it's a more of a manual process, usually what people do, well, they'll just wait. Obviously it's ideal if you do it every pay period, that can mm -hmm. be a lot. So if you do it every couple of months, it stays in cash for a little bit, then converts. Mm -hmm. That's fine too. Okay. That's good to know. I'm going to check on that one. Yes. Because then it just makes it simpler for you down the road, right? Because then it's cleaner. Yes. Because then you just have Roth money and traditional money. You're like not dealing with the third money type, which will have a basis, but then you owe taxes on those gains, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, if they can go into Roth, that would be ideal. Yeah. You might want to just leave alone what you currently have that's been invested. Mm -hmm. Or if it's down, if the value of what you put in is less than what you contributed, does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Then maybe you could also consider converting that. I would definitely check with the CPA first. You just want to like okay. confirm. But if it's down, that might be an opportunity to convert it because your basis in it is less. So then in theory, without being an accountant, I would think you wouldn't owe, but I would check with an accountant. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. And then you could have it pretty clean and just have Roth and pre-tax. Okay. Just the planner and me thinking for retirement. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's at this age, looking at everything, it's it does look complicated because you accumulate all these different accounts and it's, yeah, you want to simplify yeah, I like to try and simplify for people later on because then it's easier to be like, okay, I just have regular money and I have Roth money and I have tax money rather than adding a third type of money, which is like the non-deductible where we have like mixed taxation in one mm -hmm. account. So if the market's down, it might be an opportunity. I would just definitely check with an accountant. Okay, we'll do. Okay, so that's great. Sorry, we went on a little tangent there, but that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of companies offer that third mm -hmm. money type and matching on it. I've never seen. Yeah. So that's Fantastic. So that's great. How much do you have in there total? I did do a rollover from a past employer. So I think in that account, which is through Fidelity, there is 250000 Amazing. I've seen it before, so I can't guarantee this, but Fidelity generally is pretty savvy with this. Mm -hmm. So they tend to be able to do like the immediate conversion. Okay. They've done it for other companies. I, it depends on like your company, what they paid for, what they structure, what their plan document states. Mm -hmm. But Fidelity is very capable of handling these more complicated okay. plans. Okay, it's good to know. Yeah, and they're a little easier to deal with than some of the other ones. I, I would be surprised if it was manual. I'll just put it that way. Okay. 
usually when we're doing that for a client, I'm like, oh, great fidelity. You can do this. Yes. <laughs> just have to make sure you're with the right department with them. Cause it, it would be like a different, not their regular 401k department. You normally need someone who knows a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. I think we have a employer line, you know, that I can call and I'm sure they'll point me in the right direction. Perfect. Okay, great. So you cover the health insurance for the family. Mm-hmm. You're maxing out the 401k. You're taking advantage of the fancy parts of it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You've paid maternity leave. Income is approximately 170000 Okay, so you want to talk to me about how the expenses are working? Mortgage, daycare. So I've always been pretty frugal and sort of a, the mindset of automate everything, pay all your bills first or all automatic, and then what's left, you know, you don't have to worry about, right? I've never really budgeted. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh my goodness, I think I need a budget. You know, I think I need to like really know what's coming in, what's going out so I can feel comfortable and sleep at night because that's what's happening. I'm starting to wake up at like 2 a.m. with anxiety about this stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way you have it all set up previously makes total sense. Pay all your bills and then what you have left over. But yeah, it's going to be probably a little tight, right? When we have two daycares. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. Probably better to like know what's coming in, know what's going out and know that it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I need to keep reminding myself of that. I mean, there will be college, you know, which that's another thing on my list is starting the 529 plans. We have some time. Well, I want to start saving for that now, but I don't need at least. We we call those future problems, problems. (laughs) but we don't, hopefully don't have anxiety over them yet. Okay. So you want to walk me through everything and we can kind of figure out a a bit of a budget. Yes. So the mortgage is 2,600 a month. We pay 2,800. So we pay $200 extra just to kind of put more more towards the principal. We have one car, which works out for us. And that payment is $400 a month. Okay. I think insurance is like 120. I paid in six months. Increments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anytime that I can avoid paying interest, I'm all about that. Oh, definitely. I agree. So I did the lump sum for things. I don't have a phone bill. Uh, My employer pays for that. You know, my husband pays for electricity, which is probably around $150 a month. I pay for Wi-Fi, which is about $60. Gas bills around $85. We don't have cable. I have some streaming services that probably are like maybe $60 a month total. Okay. Daycare. So we do part-time. We do three full days a week right now, which is $1,080 a month. Okay. And that's for three days a week? Three full days. Yeah. So what I'm thinking, and we still need to figure out what's going to work for us Um, because my husband works from home full time and has a flexible schedule. Okay. So he's able to watch our daughter on Mondays and Fridays. Okay. But, you know, wondering with two, I'm thinking that our two-year-old will need to go full time. Right. And baby number two, maybe we can just do two days. That's sort of what I'm thinking now, but that could change. Pay for two days of childcare and then three days at home. Yeah. That's my hope. Okay. What does your husband do for work? He is a technical analyst, so sort of the financial trading type bit. Okay, perfect. And how much does he make approximately? He makes about 60000 a year. Okay. I'm just worried. It feels like it would be hard to work and have a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> <laughs> just... Well, for a while, he did it full time and our neighbor watched our daughter for four hours, two days a week, uh-huh. um, which was helpful. But it's like trying to find that sweet spot of, yep. you know, what's doable. It also gives you like sanity and a decent quality of life, you know, because we don't want the resentments building up and right. everyone to be healthy. So yeah, it's, it's kind of figuring that out and also taking the lessons learned from the first time around and applying them. So, so, so far the Monday, Friday works, your husband's able to still work yeah. and then is able to watch for mm-hmm. two days a week and that feel good. 
Yep. Yeah. And generally Monday and Fridays, I'm also working from home. So I'm able to help out a little bit like during the lunch hour, I can feed her, I can, you know, take her for a walk in the afternoon. Sometimes that works for us right now. We're in a pretty good flow right now. She's sleeping through the night, all that great stuff. So it's just thinking about how things will change with the second one coming along. And, you know, the trick is we don't have family close, yep. which is really unfortunate, um, you know, to kind of help out. So we're kind of we're kind of on our own in figuring out with the childcare. So I do agree that I think having two at home and then both trying to work is going to be trickier. Mm-hmm. Oh, so let me just go through the expenses. So the mortgage twenty eight hundred, you guys split that. Yes. Yeah, we split it. And then daycare, do you split? I pay for that, and then you know, because my husband watches her the two days, so that's sort of his thing. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. So if we move that up to five days, what does that cost look like? Is there a discount. <laughs> I, I have that question I need to ask. Some people offer it, but even then I think it's like 10%, you know, okay. but every little bit helps. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be, it's about 450 a week here for full time. Okay, perfect. And then what is it for like a baby? I think the pricing is different, right? For a baby versus a toddler. Yeah, it's generally more. So I need to do some scouting around to figure out the options. Um, currently my daughter is in a at-home daycare. Okay. So ideally it'd be nice to have them go to the same one, you know, just for the ease and for potentially taking advantage of a two kid discount. Right. And then drop off and pick up. Yeah. Logistics. Absolutely. And it's super close. It's like two miles away from where we live. So like the convenience factor of that and just knowing that we're close by, you know, my husband is mostly working from home, you know, that just gives us a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. If there were a problem. So if you go five days a week, that works out to be 1800 a month, right? For one. For one. Okay. So tell me, what are you bringing in net? monthly approximately after the health insurance and the 401k it is about for me it's about eight thousand. okay and that's because i max out my hsa max out everything my dependent care account and my 401k perfect and then the expenses mortgage car insurance phone bill wi-fi gas streaming daycare um is there food food okay that that is like a sore subject here because it's like how are we spending so much money on food I know it's a high inflationary item these days. It is. Yeah. It's really, really hit in the grocery stores. Yeah. I know. It's unfortunate. Yeah. My husband and I try to compare and add up our totals every month, you know, what he paid and what I paid. And I think it's like a thousand okay. or sometimes a little bit more. Okay. You're also feeding three people. I always say to my fiance, I was like, my food bill was so much lower without you. Like I eat like one fourth <laughs> of what you eat. You eat like five eggs at yeah. once. That's like my whole week worth of eggs. Yeah. I eat one yeah. egg. He was like, we're just going to buy chickens. And I was like, no, we're not going to buy chickens it does not solve the problem (laughs) yes because then you have a time deficit yeah exactly uh we'll see he's like really pushing to buy chickens because the egg prices i'm just happy he notices the egg prices okay see so eight thousand and then your share of the mortgage is fourteen hundred you split the car too Mm -hmm. yeah insurance is insurance 120 every six months or 120 averaged out monthly i think that's averaged out monthly so i pay for that that's what I thought. Is food a thousand for you or five hundred? So for my part, I definitely spend more. You know, it's the women we plan. We're the ones that just get it done, right? Yes. <laughs> so annoying. So I'm always the so one annoying. to like. There's no food. You know, buy quickly online, or right. you know, I do some of the meal delivery services. So I know I I, I spend more, even though my my husband would would argue otherwise. But um, I think I probably spend like seven hundred dollars 
of that a month on my my side. Okay, I'll just say a thousand for food, just to give you okay buffer. So with the mortgage at fourteen hundred, and then one car for you two hundred, insurance at one twenty. Oh, I did the gas bill instead of Wi Fi, but it's it's twenty dollar difference. Streaming, and then I put daycare in at eighteen hundred a month, and then food at a thousand. That comes to forty six sixty. Okay. And that's without like emergency fund or any other little expenses. So you still have a buffer, right? Yeah. That's a good buffer. I mean, I, you know how much I spend on like Amazon a month for a miscellaneous items, yeah. diapers, toilet paper, you know, the latest right. birthday gifts. Yeah. All those things. So yeah, your buffer is 33, 40. I think you're accurate in saying like, I need to know what's coming in, what's going out because it's mm-hmm. going to feel tight. And that's with me yeah. bumping up the daycare to 1800 a month. That 800 is a big difference mm-hmm. in your budget. And then we'll have another daycare cost, but it will be temporary. So you're obviously your 401k is doing great. Our next partner has a product to use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months I've been prioritizing my health as I've recovered from a nasty case of long haul COVID. I love that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements in because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, and probiotics. It's been super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus it's way cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. If you want to give it a try, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How are you with like emergency fund and any other debt besides the mortgage? You know, I feel like I'm in a good place. Otherwise, I don't have any student loan debt. Um, I pay my credit cards off in full every month. I have pretty robust emergency savings. In fact, I feel like I I probably need to find other vehicles for some of the cash to grow it more because I have like 71,000. Amazing. And I feel like maybe some of that money can grow a little bit more elsewhere than just a reserve fund. Are you? Is it in a high yield savings fund? It is. Yeah, I do betterment, which I think is like 4%. Perfect. So right now, we'll see what happens with rates. 4%, if you think about it from a risk-free return, meaning you're taking no risk with the money, it's actually a good return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The market, yes, went up for nine years, but like it hasn't done great last year and it doesn't doing great this year. The only thing I've seen a little bit better is if you did a CD, there's like an 11-month CD somewhere for like 5.1% I've seen. Mm-hmm. So you could split the difference if you wanted to, but it's 1%. Yeah. I would just see kind of what happens with interest rates, whether they're going to keep raising them. Because then if they do, then you'll see that reflected in the high yield savings account. It'll go up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've been looking at some of the, the CDs, which are higher than they've been in a long time. Yeah, they've been higher since like 2007. It's been mm, a long yeah, time, long time since we've had like gotten paid on anything on the bank. So we say like textbook for like a moderate portfolio, like something that's like mixed with bonds and stocks and it's conservative. Benchmark for that's like 4 to 6%. So to make 4% in a savings account, I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you always want it to be available and liquid. Mm-hmm. But like if you need it, it's there and you can get it. And when you pull it, there's no penalty. So there's a lot yeah. to be said for that. Especially I would say coming up where you're going to have more expenses coming up. Yeah. I think prudent to keep it liquid and have it pay something. I, I wouldn't like risk it to try and make 6%. Okay. So would you just keep the... I would just keep it. Just keep it there. Okay. Yeah. And if you wanted to split the difference and say, I'm going to throw 30000 
in a 5% CD or five and a half, if they, could, if they go up to five and a half, you know, make a little bit more money on a part of it, that would be fine. But I would, I wouldn't do anything where there's real risk. Okay. All right. I just don't think it's worth it at this point, especially it'll, I think hopefully it'll help eliminate some stress for you. Yeah. (laughs) Knowing that like, oh gosh, this month went over, whatever happened, something happened. And like, that's why it's there. You can pull from it. There's no penalties. It's exactly the same value, if not a little bit higher than it was last time. And it's available to help. Yeah. I definitely feel myself getting a little bit more conservative in my financial approach. You know, I'm still doing the big long-term investing, you know, throw the money in the market for the 401k and even for 529 stuff that's in the distance. But just with a family of four, I feel that extra responsibility. You know, I'm a provider now. And so I just really want to make sure that I feel good about yeah. that and sleep at night. You are the breadwinner. <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. But with that comes a little bit of stress, right? Yeah. Because yeah, some pressure. a lot of it, especially with the kids is on you. So it's a bit of pressure. I would leave the emergency fund. I think that will give you peace of mind for sure. Because obviously if there's an emergency or something happens, you don't, you have the money that you could cover it and it's not detrimental. And I even try to tell myself, cause I, I was laid off at a job before and I know there's all you know, these layoffs happening in the tech industry and stuff, you know, in the terms of telling yourself that these challenges in life, when they do happen, they are temporary, you know, like if it was a layoff is temporary, you know, childcare that's temporary. It's like, you can just plan to kind of get through these little bumps and then yeah, we'll be good. You've done a great job, like investing in the 401k, you have a great emergency fund, you have no debt, you own, obviously a mortgage is a good debt, right? We'll eventually own the property. If you've done everything right. And when, you know, the new baby and your toddler are both in daycare at the same time, that's temporary. So even if we tone down adding to the emergency fund then and just do the 401k and save nothing else, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, when they're out, your your budget's going to be so different. You know, you can just <laughs> ramp up saving after. You can, even if you saved half of what you save for daycare, you yeah. know. And so once they're out of daycare, because they will be out of daycare, right? Like they get older, they go to school, and they'll still be expenses, mm-hmm. but they won't be as high as daycare, right? And so then you can like right. increase your savings ratio a little bit then to make up for the pause. And there's nothing wrong with a pause during mm-hmm. certain periods of your life, especially when you set yourself up well. Yeah. And, and that's what I think I'm going to need to do. I, I think I can probably still contribute and max out my 401k, but I had some automatic savings going into some other investment accounts that I think I can continue through the end of this year. But starting next year, I think I'm going to just need to stop that. That money will all need to go to daycare. I think you say to yourself, while the kids are young, my salary goes to covering the monthly number and that's daycare and food and diapers and right because it's expensive. And then mm-hmm. once they're out of daycare, then I'm going to reevaluate the budget and that some of those monies will go back to like not being under such a tight budget. And some of those monies will go back to increasing our savings ratio again. But how much are you saving? Like what other accounts do you have and how much are you saving into those? Because I do agree. I think probably pause those and just stick with the 401k. So I do, I think it's $450 twice a month into Fundrise, okay. which is the real estate. Yeah, you were um, the second person this season to tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's it's fun. It's something different. And it's like a real asset, right? It's not just sort mm-hmm. of these stocks or these digital things. It's, you know, you're investing in a real tangible asset. And, you know, we've seen real estate. That's 900 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And then I do daycare raise right there. Yeah. Well, and I do, I also do into betterment into a, probably like a 60, 40 fund yep. index fund. I do $400 twice a month. So I do 800 there. Okay. And then how much do you have between both of those accounts? Uh, from fundraise, I have about a hundred thousand and. In- oh, wow. You are really invested in them. Yeah. And betterment I have. 
maybe like a little over a hundred. All right. You're in a good spot. We just might need to tone down those yeah. just for daycare. Yeah. And then if you think about it, then your budget stays the same, depending on what newborn is. It might change a little bit, but yeah, that's, that's the missing piece is adding in that second daycare expense. But okay. So this is good because then you're not really living on your 8,000 because your mortgage car, all that, and then food, and then you're also saving. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to borrow that. Just redirect it. Redirect it temporarily. I would stick with the 401k that's payroll driven. It's conservative and it's long-term. Yeah. And you get the match. (laughs) And you get the match and you have the different money types. So it's all tax deferred, right? You're not getting a 1099 on top of it or a K-1. I'm not sure how Fundrise issues documents. So yeah, I would redirect those funds, use that for the increase in daycare costs. It'd be great if it matched up because then really Mm -hmm. your life stays the same. We're just pausing savings for a little bit. But then you also brought up the 529 and life insurance. uh, Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that. Yes. I think I'm underfunded. Underinsured, yes, that's okay. the right term. I have some through my employer. I think it's like maybe three hundred thousand, and then I have five hundred thousand that I got for the first child, and I realize that's not much. Is that term? <laughs> it's twenty year term. Yes. Perfect. Okay. And so I was going to get another twenty year term, although I I've been reading that maybe thirty year is. I would do thirty year. You would do thirty. Okay. Yep, I would do 30. It's a little bit more expensive. I'm a big believer in optionality. If when you get to the 20th year, you say, you know what, I actually don't need it, you can cancel it. Oh, that's true. Good point. If you get to the 20th year and say, I need 10 more years, it's going to be very expensive. That's true. Okay. Because you're 20 years older. Yeah. Right. Okay. So 30 year. And then what amount do you think is appropriate? Uh, I was thinking maybe a million or 750. It's going to sunset, right? Honestly, that's exactly what I have because I got my first insurance policy at 28. And like every 28 year old, I was like, at 48, my life will be complete and done. Yeah. No, I'm not even married and I'm 38. So the first 10 years went quicker than I expected. So then I had to get, then I was like, I'm just going to go get a 30 year because, you know, 28, 48 seems really, really far Mm -hmm. away. Right. Also, I was very young to be buying a ton of insurance, but that was my life. Okay. So there's two ways to pick insurance. There is the actual replacement value of your income, which is called income replacement. That's like one way to do it. And then the other one, which is the one I prefer, just personal opinion, which is needs-based. What are you looking to do should you predecease? That to me is like a more comfortable yeah. number and a little bit easier to plan for because income replacement would be like, you have really good income. It'd be really high. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's an insane number. Yeah. It, it just feels overwhelming. So I'm definitely in the needs based and I definitely spend under what I make mm-hmm. and I've been building up some good assets, you know, through the years of working my 401k and beyond. Yeah. So then right now, should anything happen to you, there's 250,000 in the 401k, there's 200,000 in the other investment, you know, non-retirement investments accounts, 71,000 emergency fund. What is uh, remaining on your mortgage? That would be my question. It is, I think it's 458,000. Okay. And then you would want your kids to have like money for college. Yeah. I don't expect to fully fund college, but at least something to get them started. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would say 750 would be comfortable. If anything should happen to you between the two, it's more than enough money. Mm-hmm. Yep. It covers the mortgage, right? It gives your husband plenty for retirement mm-hmm. and take care of the kids, right? To replace your income. And then there'd be more than enough money for the kids. I would think you could even do 500. So you could price it out and see what you think, but it's super cheap. So I'd almost say just go higher because why not? If it's like $25 more a month that you get 250,000 more insurance, or maybe it's 50 bucks more. It's mm-hmm. the insurance is pretty manageable. Okay. I think 750 
50 for 30 years would be a, a good okay, number. On my to-do list. And then would you keep both? Because that's another option. You could say, I'm going to up it and get 750 or I'm going to up it and get a million and get rid of the 20-year term. I ended up keeping both. Yeah, I think I will because I have a really good rate for the other one. It's 20 years. Again, I paid that in lump sum for the year. I think it's like 225 bucks for the year. Oh, yeah, keep that. Okay. Yeah, I would then look at 750 and then I would keep two policies. One will sunset after the other. And then when you get to that time in 20 years, you'll have a kid, right, who's in college or college age. And so... You could just decide at that point, like, maybe I don't need 750 because you can always reduce your term amount, right? You can always reduce the face value amount. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And you can turn it into like a permanent policy. You can say, I'm going to keep, I'd like to keep 150 of permanent insurance because now I'm 57 and I'll convert it into a permanent policy for 100,000 or 150. Or you say, I'll keep it or I want to get rid mm-hmm. of it. You have a few mm-hmm. options okay. down the road. I would definitely add that to the budget, but right now you're in a good spot. Like there wouldn't really be a financial tragedy per se, if should anything happen to you, you're, you know, something happened to you after the new baby, your husband would have the 250, the other $200,000, and he would pay off the mortgage probably. So it would be a little bit of a deficit. So I definitely think you want to get that other policy, but it wouldn't be like, uh-huh. yeah. should anything happen to you, he loses the house and is homeless, right? Because you've done a good job saving. All right. That sounds good. Okay. And then the 529s. Yeah. So I meant to do it last year. <laughs> And um, I'm definitely starting it this year. I guess I've just been stuck in what the research phase, right? Like the analysis paralysis. I've been thinking about doing Vanguard because I do have some money there. The other option, I guess, is doing it directly through, you know, like your state. Yep. So I was just trying to learn, like, you know, do you only get the tax benefit if you do it directly to the state? Yeah, you have to use your state plan to get the, the state benefit, generally. Gotcha. And then if you don't use the state plan, you usually don't get the tax benefit. I would just look up what the tax benefit is. I think it's like $4,000. I don't know if that depends on your income. So that might be worth it then to do the state one. I'm not as familiar with your state's plan. I know New York state's plan. They're really good. It's easy to set up. It's online. They have like portfolios you can choose from. The portfolios have good performance. It's very clear, easy to understand, and you get the tax benefit for it. Yeah, that sounds good. And then is it is it $10,000 a year you can put? Is there a cap to it? Yeah, there is a cap you can put in. It's really high though. Oh yeah, it's not going to be an issue. <laughs> no, it won't be an issue because basically you can take your annual amount and do up to five times in one year. So mm-hmm. you can really put a lot of money in the 529s. The cap will be on the tax benefit. Does that make sense? So yeah. you won't have a tax benefit over a certain amount. It seems like they're getting a little bit more options, a little bit more flexibility. I'm thinking if we just have the one set up for our first daughter and then I think you can transfer. Yes. Okay. So I love 529s. I think they're great. I think they're incredibly flexible. Do you know your daughter could leave it to her daughter? She had a daughter or son? No, I didn't know that. Yes. It's super rare. You know, it has to be transferred in a certain time horizon. They do have like, but yes, in theory, it can be transferred to the next generation. I think they're great programs. Yes. And I've seen a lot of parents set it up where they just do one and then they transfer to the other child. So I think it's great. And to give you an idea of the qualified expenses, it's tuition and fees. So it doesn't necessarily even need to be higher education. It can be like a vocational school. It can be a community college. It can even be like a seminary. It can be study abroad programs as long as it's eligible. It's apprenticeships and it can also be K through 12. So like if there is an issue with the high school and you need to move to private, you can use it for that. It's room and board off and on campus. It's textbooks, pens, papers, computers, laptop, printer. I think it's super flexible. I'm a big fan of them. And I think that if your state has a good tax benefit, I think because you're in a high income bracket, I think that would make sense. All right. Sounds good. So I need to make this happen. 
in the next month? Yeah, I was just trying to see, I think it's like good for 30 years. And then at that point, you have to transfer it to somebody Mm -hmm. to keep the protection, Mm -hmm. like to keep it tax deferred. I usually... I'm very good at remembering things. And I will say post long haul COVID, my memory is just not quite as sharp. I'm pretty sure it's 30 years. Yeah. But it's so flexible. You can use it, you know, like even if you don't go to like a traditional undergrad, but you decide to be a plumber, right? Or electrician, like that counts. If we started the Virginia plan and my daughter didn't want to go to a Virginia school, I think it's transferable to any sort of public private school. Oh, yeah. It's as long as it's an eligible expense, then it it comes out tax-free. So no, you don't have to go to school in Virginia just because you're in a 529 in Virginia. Yeah. It just means that that's your state. Like you're getting a tax deduction for using that plan. We've used uh, American funds, 529s, and I'm just trying to figure out what state they are. But if it's not your state and you go through American funds, you're not getting a tax deduction, but you can go to college anywhere in the country or go to a vocational school. It's just as long as it's an eligible expense. That's the key word. And I think I'll probably just set up the one you know, like you said, and that way we can transfer it if we have extra funds and just make sure everybody's getting their fair share. (laughs) Yeah, I would, yeah, I would just do one. It'll be easier for you to manage, honestly. Yeah. And then I've seen families very much just use one 529 and move it around amongst the children. And that's been fine. And once again, if you decide down the road, you want to open a secondary one, you can. Mm Mm-hmm. Not limiting. But yeah, to give you an idea on the contributions, it really allows a lot of money. You can do up to 15,000 per person, which is like the gift amount. So 30, but you can do the special election where you can do up to 75,000 per person or 150 per married couple. You can really put a lot of, it can be a gifting strategy for grandparents of like, if you want to get money out of your estate and not pay, you know, no gift or estate, you can throw it in a 529 for the grandkid. Yeah. We don't have any uh, wealthy grandparents here. Yeah. Rich grandparents. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds nice though. Yeah, just saying anyone listening and wealthy grandparents, it's a it's definitely a strategy to fund the five twenty nines. Or you know, anyone can put money in. Family, friends, grandparents, parents, like anyone can put money in the kids five twenty nine. But yeah, it would be a dream to have wealthy grandparents. Yeah. Or grandparents that live close that could help babysit. <laughs> or grand babysitting. You'll take babysitting. Yeah, I'll take that, you know. <laughs> once again I would just stress that like the daycare thing is temporary and then you can readjust yeah. from there. Yeah, um, that's, that's what remi- I would. That's a good reminder. I need to keep telling myself that. Once you get one out of daycare, a lot of money comes back. Once both are out of daycare, a ton of money comes back to your budget. And so that's when you can just repurpose those funds. Were there any other, do you have other questions? That's most of my concerns these days. Um, but it's just one of those life moments where, you know, you're kind of at this big change precedence and you just want to take a look at everything and update it and talk to someone else to make sure that you're you know, on the right track, you're not missing anything. No, absolutely. I mean, you've done a really great job. And so I think just getting a little bit more term insurance, I think will give you some peace of mind. And God forbid anything happened to you early, it gives your husband funds to help raise the kids and keep the lifestyle the same or similar. And then the 529 is a great way to pay for college. I would not stress yourself out about it in the beginning. And then we just redirect those monies that you were already saving, that were already in your budget towards the daycare costs and ideally they match up and if not they'll be a little bit over but once again it'll just be over for a time frame all right sounds good i'm feeling better about things now thanks for your advice you're welcome thanks for coming on the show so for all of our lovely listeners you can find our most up-to-date information on instagram we are future rich podcast and thank you to our sponsor athletic greens if you like the show please rate and review us
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.